All right. Praise God. Have you got your Bibles tonight? Amen. Look over in uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, and let's notice in verse 18 and 19. And I want to uh, preach a while. I just got real strong in my spirit the last few days to, to talk about re, the two letters re. Uh, when you look at that two-letter re, re basically is a prefix. And it's at the beginning of a word that means once more. It means afresh. It means to return uh, to a previous state. You could do a long-term series on those two letters and fill in the blank. You could preach on repent. You could preach on revive. You could preach on restore. And several other subjects, and I, I'm not exactly sure where we're headed, headed in this. It might be something I, I do on a, a Sunday morning. We'll just have to see which way the Lord leads. But the one that I had real strong in my heart last couple of days was restore. Everyone say restore three times. Restore, restore, restore. Amen. Now the word restore means to give back to someone or something that was lost or taken. It also means to return someone or something. And do we need to dismiss children's church? I think they're already gone. Dismiss the children's ministry. I think they're already gone. Restore means to put or bring something back into existence or use. And it means to return something to an early or an original state. To reinstate to its original condition, to the degree that it would be better than before. Restore also means to rebuild. It all mean, also means to renew. Restore means to make better. It means to increase. And it also means to multiply. Everyone shout, restore. Now, one obvious area of restoration that we want to talk about for a while tonight is the restoration of our soul. And we didn't really look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, but it says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. That is restoration. That is redemption. Adam sold us out, but Jesus came and bought us back. He bought us back completely and fully. He crowned his man with honor and with glory. Amen. We're talking about the Spirit of God tonight, right? He is the quickener. He is the Spirit of glory. He's crowned you with honor and with glory. Amen. And that is through the redemption and through the blood that was shed, man that was on the outside looking in has been brought into a glorious state of favor with our Father. Amen. And so now included in this glorious restoration is the restoration of our soul. Look with me at Psalm 23 
And let's feed on this a while tonight. Psalm 23, verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm glad he didn't say, The Lord's my shepherd, I'm full of want. Did you know that because the Lord is your shepherd, you can boldly say, I shall not want? Well, what shall you not want for, Pastor? Well, I shall not want for joy. Because he is, in fact, the Lord of joy. Because the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want for strength and so on. But notice with me in verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, not all burnt up. He leads me beside the turbulent waters. No, that's not the shepherd leading you by, by the turbulent waters. Amen? The Bible says he leads us by the still waters. Hallelujah. And here's what I want you to see in verse 3. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He restores our soul. Now, one way that the Lord, who is the restorer of our soul, restores our soul and makes us whole in the area of our mind and our will and our emotions is through the renewing of our minds. The renewal of our minds is a very important thing for a believer to do for the rest of one's life. He is the bishop of our soul. That means he is the superintendent of our soul. He's watching over your soul. He is the restorer of your soul. And he has given us his word whereby we can allow this word to dwell in us richly and copiously so that that word that lives in us starts affecting us from the inside out. Jesus has already come on the inside, but Jesus wants to show up in every area of our lives in the area of the way we think, in the area of the way we talk, in the area of what we do with our mind, our will, and our emotions. And so he said in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he said, I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice to God, which is your reasonable service. And then he goes on to say in verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. That word transformed there means be changed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Has anyone been changed by the Word of God? Has anyone's thinking been rearranged and brought into line from the world system to the Word system in this house? Is anybody thinking better? Is anybody talking better? Has anybody been changed, not only on the inside, but on the outside, in your entire spirit, soul, and body? You've been changed. You've been transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Hallelujah. He is the bishop of my soul. He can take a mind that was racked by this system of the world and he can literally turn it into something beautiful. Look at Psalms 19, if you would, and and I want to look at a verse over there. Psalms 19 and uh, verse 7. Psalms 19, verse 7 says that the law of the Lord, or the word of the Lord, what is it? This word is perfect. And notice it says, it converts the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. And you know what it does to simple-minded people? It turns you into men and women of great wisdom. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! But here's what I want you to see. The Word of God is perfect, and it will change your soul. It will transform your soul. If you will apply your life unto understanding and take in large dosages of the Word and maintain a vital union with Him through the Spirit and the Word... He will turn a simple person into a wise person. He will make you quick and bright and sharp. Pooh, glory. glory. I mean to tell you, he'll make you of a quick understanding to where it takes people in the world ages and ages to figure stuff out. You'll just know because he's making you and me of a quick understanding. Say that real strong with me. He's made me me of a quick understanding. understanding. Now, for those of you that are are battling, and and sometimes we have battles in the area of our soul, like quite often. Amen? Because this is where that the enemy tries to gain entrance into a person's life is through their mind. The mind is the battleground. It is, in fact, the arena of faith. If he can get us all fatigued in our mind and weary in our mind, the next step is he can make us fearful and make us cowards. Who was the football coach for the Green Bay Packers? Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi said this. He said that fatigue will make cowards of us all. God didn't give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craving and cringing and fawning fear. But he's given us a spirit of a sound mind. And so this sound mind that he has given to us will be challenged. Has anybody faced any challenges in their soul this week? Like on the way to church. (laughs) You know? Or at work. Or maybe you and your mate didn't see eye to eye on something and there were sharp words and the enemy's just telling you, well, you're not much of a wife. You're not much of a husband. You need to shut that liar up through the sword of the Spirit and through the Word of God. Now, 
for those of you that are in a battle right now, I want to share with you something that will help you because He is the restorer of your soul. He is the bishop of your soul. Look with me at Matthew chapter 11, if you would. And we're going to... I see that we're going to work with this for a while. Not necessarily tonight, but next week, and we'll see where the Lord leads. Everyone shout, Restore! Restore! Hallelujah. Ooh, God's about to restore some things. He's saying, There are some things in the Spirit that are about to come forth. And there are going to be some things restored and set in order in this day and in this hour because it is the day of His glory and it is the day of His power. Amen. Hallelujah. Some some things are coming forth. Some things are coming forth. Why is that, Pastor? Because it's time. Because it's time. Hallelujah. It's time. It's time. And there is a time and a set time for certain things to come forth. In the fullness of time, God sent forth His Son. That was a set time. Amen? Amen. And so there is a set time for restoration and for things that have been prayed for yesteryear and yesterdecade and even yesterday. Hallelujah, 20 and 30 years. It's time now, very soon, for these things to come. Amen? Do you agree with that? Hallelujah. Now, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and verse 30, he says, Come unto me. Notice Jesus didn't say, When you're in a battle in the area of your soul, come to the television and veg out. Now, it's okay to watch TV. I'm not anti-TV. I watch TV myself. If I told you I didn't, I'd be lying and I'd be a hypocrite. But I know full well that I've done it myself in the midst of a battle. Instead of coming to him, I've gone to other things. And if the senior pastor has done that, well, you know. (laughs) Amen. But, but here's, here's, here's the invitation. And it's an invitation that's open 24 hours a day and seven days a week. Here's what he says. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Maybe you're in a battle. Maybe you're weary. And he says, I will give you rest. That's restoration. He says, now take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest to your souls. He said, now my yoke is easy for you, and my burden is light. When you come to him, you can be rest assured that he's not going to make it more difficult for you. Now I want us to look at this in the Amplified Version. You all still here tonight? Can you handle a little bit more word tonight? Look at the Amplified of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 and 30. Again, there is this invitation. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, 
And I will cause you to do what? I will cause you to rest. Interesting. We're talking about restoration. Rest is a part of restoration. I will cause you to rest. And I will ease and I will relieve and I will refresh your souls. How many of you could use a refreshing in your soul? Well, you know what? You've come to a good place for that tonight because His presence enveloped us and His presence is saturating us tonight. You came to Him. And so He says, I will ease, I will relieve and refresh your souls. Notice in verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. So come and take his word. He said, I'm gentle and meek and humble and lowly in heart, and you will find rest. And then he defines what this rest is. This rest is relief and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for what? Oh, glory to God. I mean, that'll preach right there. Look at those words, relief and refreshment and recreation. Everyone wants that. Verse 30. Let's read it together. Ready, read. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant, and my burden is light and easy to be borne. Hallelujah. So be it tonight, Lord. So be it for every one of us as we come to you this evening. As we take the word that we're hearing tonight, as we mix faith with the presence of the Lord, Lord, let there be a refreshment come into the hearts, into the minds of your precious people tonight. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Everyone say restore. I think we should look at John 14, verse 1 as well in the Amplified Version. John 14, 1, so do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed, or agitated. That's the opposite of rest, isn't it? Do we have anything to say whether or not we're distressed or agitated? Well, everybody gets distressed, Pastor. Everyone gets agitated. If you buy into that, it can become a way of life for you. Amen? Because you get pretty much in life what you expect and what you believe for. Amen? He says, you believe in God and inherit to and trust in God, rely on Him. Believe and inherit to and trust in and rely on me. So reliance on Him, coming to Him, fellowshipping with Him will ease you, refresh you, and keep you out of the distressed and agitated zone. Anybody ever get agitated on the road? I don't know what it was yesterday. I got agitated. There was a lady going real slow. And she stopped in the middle of the road. And I honked my horn. And Brenda says, chill. She said, show mercy. And I knew she was right, but I didn't want to admit it at the time. 
You can just mark it down that that agitation didn't come fresh from the presence of the Lord. It came from an interesting day at the office. <laughs> you all ever had interesting days at the office? <laughs> but just because I yield to that doesn't mean that I needed to yield to that. And just because you've yielded to things in the past doesn't mean you need to yield to them. You see, the Bible says, in your patience, you will possess your soul. Well, pastor, did you repent? You better believe I repented. Amen. Now, the next one we want to look at, as we look at the word for a few more moments tonight, is Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 17. You know, the great thing about Jesus is he's Jesus. The great thing about Jesus is he always gives you a promise for whatever pressure that you may be facing. Think about that. There's no pressure that comes against our lives that there is not an exceeding great and precious promise that will not overcome the pressure. And so I want to encourage you to become very familiar with the promises of God. Jeremiah 30, notice verse 17. This is a great verse of Scripture. He said here in Jeremiah 30, in verse 17, For I will restore health to you, and I will heal you of what? I will heal you of your wounds. Very interesting context of this complete book of Jeremiah. It's dealing with the children of Israel, and he's telling them, Now, you know, they've called you an outcast. They've mocked you, and they have said, well, this is Zion, whom no one seeks after and for whom no one cares. And so the people outside of the covenant were winning victories over the children of Israel because the children of Israel had kind of botched it up and opened the door. But God says, look, that day is coming to an end because when you turn to me, I will turn to you and I will restore health to you. In other words, you've been defeated. You've been walking far beneath what I planned for you. But I am going to restore you from a place of defeat into a place of victory. I'm going to restore you from a place of being real, real low to a place of being real, real high again. Because I am your God. He says, I am going to restore health to the nation of Israel. And I'm going to heal you of your wounds. Think about it. Now listen, if your health has been stolen, there is restoration for you for divine health. He can make your health better than before. Not only can he improve your health, but he can increase your health. And he can bring you to a place where he renews your youth, just like the eagles. Woo, glory. You know, I'll be 64 in November. I'm standing on that word. I'm not done. I'm not near done. I got some big vigor and vitality in me. I got the Spirit of God in me. I want to finish my race. So I'm not going to talk old. I'm not going to think old. 
I'm going to talk young. I'm going to think young. I'm going to renew my youth like the eagles. I'm going to wait upon him and let him renew my strength. And you can do the same thing. Hallelujah. You may get older, but that doesn't mean you need to shrivel up. Dear Lord Caleb and Joshua sitting around the campfire, looking each other straight in the eye. The ten brought back a bad report. The two brought back a good report, Caleb and Joshua. Yeah, they didn't get in right away because the minority, the majority report kept them out. But they're sitting around a campfire about 80 years old, looking at each other saying, you remember what the Lord said to us through Moses 40 years ago? He says, yeah, I remember. You mean talking about Kadesh Barnea? Yeah, Kadesh Barnea. Remember he told us to go up and possess the land? He said, yeah, I remember. He says, well, I want you to know I'm as strong now as I was back then, and I'm ready to go up and take this mountain. That's the kind of attitude you've got to have. Say it with me. I'm going up, and I'm possessing everything that God has for me. So he said, I'm going to restore health to you, and I will heal you of your wounds, of your wounds. He's saying that I will remove wounds in your life that have been brought on by sickness and disease. Uh, the word health there, everyone say health. health. This word health means a springing or a quickening. I will restore health to you. I will cause it to spring up. I will cause it to be quickened in you. Suddenly it also means. I believe this, that if you came in with pain tonight, you can leave tonight restored. Amen. This word heal, for I will restore health to you and I will heal. Everyone say heal. heal. This word heal there carries with it this thought. I will heal you and deliver you from your individual distresses. I will bring you out of those wounded areas of your life, those things that have defeated you. Amen. And the thing that I got in my spirit as I was looking to the Lord today and just working with this message was this, that the Lord will restore and he will remove wounds from the past so that you can fully recover. I'm going to say that again. That the Lord will restore and remove wounds from the past so that you can fully recover. Anybody interested in a full recovery? Not just a partial recovery, but a full recovery? Oh, my, my, my. And then... This thought came to me that forgiveness is a key or a major avenue for recovery for some people. Let's just listen to this statement. If someone hurt you, let you down, offended you, belittled you, attacked you, or done things against you that were wrong, forgive them and release them. And in doing so, you will be positioned for a restoration from your wounds. And here's what the Spirit of the Lord ministered to me, is 
Release, don't reopen. Don't reopen. It's like the little girl that skinned her knee really, really bad, and she was riding a bicycle, and, and the minister was over at the house, and she wanted to show him how badly wounded she was, and it was all bandaged up real nice, and she had started to heal. And before he could say, no, no, do that, she opened up the Band-Aid. He said, look, I had an accident. And of course, she did in what had been started to heal and needed to heal all over again. And the Lord spoke and said, that's exactly what my people do with heart hurts. That they ask for healing and that he starts to heal it and then they come and they want to tell somebody how bad it was and they pull off the bandage and pull off what healing had taken place and then they've got to start over from scratch. I know that's strong. But I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying, release. Don't reopen. Don't rehash and don't rehearse the past because I sense the Holy Spirit saying I want to do a new thing in you I want to do a wonderful glorious new thing in you and through you in this day and in days ahead so if you want something healed Apply the blood. Take care of it. Let it heal. Well, somebody hurt me 30 years ago. You know, it's not healing right. It's because you're not letting it heal. God can heal anything. He can heal everything. But you've got to forgive and forget and quit talking about it. You'll be tempted to. We're all tempted to talk. You'll be tempted to replay it. But that's where the fight of faith is. Faith is a refusal. I refuse to think about it. I refuse to talk about it. The restorer is working a deep work in my life. And if you'll do that, guess what happens? Over the process of time, it'll bother you less and less. You know what's taking place? You're healing and you're being restored. Let's stand up. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand up. Let's lift up our voices to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If PT could come on the piano, that would be awesome. Hallelujah. Just go ahead and pray in the spirit a little bit. Ha ha. Mare de Bostaya. Hallelujah. Restore. Hallelujah. Oh, we charge this atmosphere with restore. Oh, hallelujah. It's not ever going to be said about this bunch, about this company, that there's no one to declare restore. We declare restore. Oh, we declare restoration. We declare quickenings, renewals. Father, we even prophesy revival. Revival, revival, revival. In 
into our souls. Declare it right now, Lord, I forgive and release anyone who's wronged me. I refuse to hold an offense or harbor a root of bitterness. I let it go now in the name of Jesus. I'll not rehash. I'll not reopen. I'll not rehearse. For I will restore health unto thee. And I will heal you. I will heal you of your wounds. It's like the good Samaritan. When he walked down that road and he saw a man that had been left on the side of the road all beaten and just scratched up and hurt, just wounded. The Bible says the good Samaritan, who's a type of Jesus, he came to the side of the road and he poured in the oil and the wine into his wounds. And he bandaged him up. And then he took him to an inn, which is a type of the church. And he gave the innkeeper, which is a type of the Holy Spirit, two denarii. He says, I'll be back in a couple days, which is a type of 2,000 years. He's coming soon. He says, when I come back, he said, I'm going to repay you again. But what I want you to see is that same oil and that same wine is in this house tonight. He's still pouring out oil and wine. He's still binding up the wounded with his glory and with his grace. So receive now restoration of health. Ha-samotea. This is applicable not only to our physical health, but how many of you know there's such a thing as spiritual health? You're not spiritual healthy when you're holding grudges. You're not spiritual healthy when you're holding on to the wounds of the past. For your sake, for the kingdom's sake, for heaven on earth's sake, let it go. Let your oil flow right now, Lord. Let the wine flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. Mix faith with that right now. Thank God for spiritual health, Pastor Tom. Thank God for being able to put your head on the pillow tonight without any grudges. Thank God that we're not the judge of other people. You don't have to have an opinion. You just can cast it all over on the Lord and you can let God be God in every situation. You know, they told us back in AA and NA years ago, back in the 70s, let go and let God. I didn't know what it meant because I was still so clouded up in my soul, but I know what it means today. Let it go. Let it go and let God be God.
And Lord, right now for people that have experienced, I mean, a real battle in their soul, touch them tonight in the name of Jesus by your presence. Touch them by your spirit tonight. No one needs to lay hands on you tonight. He's here. His presence is here. Touch everyone. Restore of our soul. Thank you, Lord. One who makes us whole. A healthy mind with a positive outlook on life and a positive attitude. An attitude of gratitude. Amen. Thank you. Everyone say restore three times. Restore. Restore. Restore, restore, restore. Make better than before. An ability from heaven to heal you up so good that there aren't any signs that you ever went through what you've been through. That's awesome. Everyone say restore. Hallelujah. Whoo, man. I'm glad I came to church tonight. I'm glad Jesus is here tonight.